Good morning, everybody. Hey, welcome to Monday, April 25th. This is the last full week of April before we head into May. And uh, we've got some earnings, a few earnings coming out and uh, a lot coming out after the market closes today. And we'll talk about that and more uh, in just a few moments when Dave joins us here shortly. Before we do that, though, let me just remind you that um, there's a lot of stuff out there we cannot control. We can't control what's happening in Ukraine and in Russia. We can't even control what's happening in Washington, D.C. But there are things that we can control. And the one main thing that you can control when it comes to retirement is how much risk you have in your current portfolio. If you don't know what that number is for you, give us a call at 863-382-0037 and schedule your core retirement design where we can help you design the retirement you always dreamed of. And with that, we got Dave coming up next. 105.7 Highlands Light FM, Leona Lewis there. Hello, good morning, glad you're here today. It's 8.39 now, it's 21 before nine. Time to check in and see what Monday looks like on Wall Street. See if your retirement funds are still secured in one place. We haven't traded anything yet, so they're where they're at on Friday. We'll update that after we introduce Philip Statler from Statler Financial Services who's on the phone. Philip, good morning. How are you? Hey, good morning, Dave. Doing well today. I hope you had a great weekend. I know I had a little downtime and and appreciated that time as we get ready to kick off the last week of April and the first month of this quarter. And we're counting down the days to Cinco de Mayo and the days to Mother's Day. That means April is just about over, and this month has gone by way too fast, a little bit too fast for investors, too, because Friday was just a poopy day. Dow was down 981 points. The S&P was down 2.7%, down 121. And NASDAQ was down a full 2.5%, down 335 the oddity of Friday, Philip, was the fact that NASDAQ was the smallest loser of the three, and they're the one that's been getting beat up by interest rate concerns and whatnot. But it was just a generally crappy day on Friday, wasn't it? Yeah, it really was. It was not a good day at all. As we continue to see this market give back and give back um, and, and trying to wade through why, uh, because the earnings, like we said yes last week, that you know earnings in general have been really uh, pretty good from the companies. And so what's really causing this? And I looked at some headlines this morning, and, and it seems to be China uh, is putting some pressure on it because of their closing back down everything. Um, and they're, they're getting downright draconian about it. There were news items on the weekend about guards being posted outside the apartment buildings to prevent people from leaving. They've thrown up fences around, the, around apartment buildings in Shanghai, and now the word is because they had – Something like 20,000 cases yesterday alone in Shanghai. They're talking about shutting down Beijing. When we get to the Asian rim markets, you'll see what that's done to their markets, and it certainly isn't helping us one tiny bit either. No, it's, it's really not, because those, um, you know, all of that is supply chain driven for us here in the United States as well as worldwide. And if they shut down, um, I mean, we've already been, you know, dealing with this thing over and over again this is just going to be one more thing to slow that process down even more oh yeah that i guess that's the biggest reason why i was surprised that nasdaq was our smallest loser of the day on friday maybe 
maybe because they've been beat up by the supply chain issues and the uh, Asian rim issues more than the other indexes have. But yeah, the blue chips really took a really took a hit on Friday, and I can buy into China being a good part of it. Another element. Uh, that was brought up uh, that also might not have helped in the least was the Atlanta Fed released their projection for what the, the gross domestic product was going to be for the second quarter. And they're saying our gross domestic product growth in the second quarter, they only expected to be 1.3%. Now, if things were booming and going crazy, we'd say, okay, fine, that's a welcome break. But falling after a, a six odd percent increase last quarter, and uh, that's uh, and the Atlanta Fed's one of the more generous estimates, aren't they? Yeah, they are. They really are. I, mean, I was looking at some of my numbers when you mentioned that, and uh, you, you know, my number coming out for this week is eight tenths of a percent um, is the expectations um, from from my group of economists. So. Um, that's yeah, that's even worse than your number, and and that that could have been what's driving the things on Friday, but um, you know I was running just a, a little calculator while you were talking, and the Nasdaq mm -hmm. has uh, dropped back into it looks like probably right at the tip of a bear market again. Ooh, I knew we were well off the peak, but I didn't do the math to figure out whether we were there yet. Yeah, two and a half percent on Friday would have to get them doggone close because they were in the mid teens down from their. Uh, all-time peak when we were talking last week, and there obviously hasn't been any upward movement. It's a kind of a, a kind of a bleak period. And the worst part on the GDP expectations is we're not going to get that number until the middle of the week. So we've got like two or three long days to stew over it, which is not going to help our investments one tiny little bit in equities, is it? No, it's not. And uh, we do still have a slew of earnings. Not much coming out this morning, but this afternoon after the market closes. Almost, uh, you know, 80-something uh, companies will report uh, this afternoon as well as, you know, the rest of this week. We continue to see uh, numbers of, uh, of earnings reports. And, and maybe if those things are good news and they can give us a good forecast looking ahead, maybe we'll get some bumps up instead of down. Our fingers are crossed on that. Well, we talk about individual companies. Got to mention the sidebar value to the uh, little spat that we're having as a state with the Disney company. Uh, first round, at the very least, I guess you have to say Florida won that spat because after uh, uh, threatening to dissolve the uh, Reedy Creek District up in uh, up near Orlando, where Disney World is located, uh, the investors, at the very least, are not particularly impressed with its effect on Disney, are they? No, they're not. You know, give this. Uh, in less than 30 days, Disney has lost $34 billion in market capital value. Um, that's, uh, that's a pretty substantial downturn in less than 30 days. You know, Dave, I wouldn't be surprised if we start seeing some hammering and some claiming from the uh, investors um, threatening to sue the board because they have not lived up to their fiduciary duty to their stockholders. Evidently not. You know, political leanings aside, it just it it it's always dangerous territory when any company, you know, dives into a political issue because no matter what you do, you're going to honk off half your customer base. I I kind of wondered about the sanity of Disney publicly going against the. Uh, against the uh, the parental control law that they put out. I'm trying to avoid calling it don't say gay because that was such a propaganda element, it's beyond belief. But just uh, coming out publicly, fine, go ahead and back the groups that you favor. 
do it quietly, and at the very least, you're protecting your investors. But Disney comes out publicly, prompts the governor to go on a rant about it, and now all of a sudden it's costing them as the half the degree with the governor are saying, that's it, I'm shedding the stock. Yeah, yeah, that, that's right. I mean, they're taking a big, uh, a big beating. And like I said, I would not be surprised if we don't see some uh, stockholder actions coming up here shortly, uh, because um, the board has not done their job and not supported the shareholders, which is uh, one of their jobs is to protect the shareholders. Now, the primary job of a company is to give a return to the shareholders, and you can be politically active without going above the board to the extent that you get an entire state legislature to the point of saying, well, that's it, we're going to pull some tax advantages. What's interesting is from the standpoint short-term from Disney, the general read on the Reedy Creek dissolution thing is that a whole bunch of district debt that Disney used as a governmental unit in order to finance improvements at obviously much lower interest rates than they would in the private market, now all of a sudden, if this comes through, they'll end up falling primarily to Orange County up there, which will dump some extra debt onto another governmental unit. Right now, financially, short term, it's not a bad thing for Disney to dump Reedy Creek now that everything has been built and improved and ready and raring to go. But what it's doing to the stock price on the PR battle, right now the score looks like DeSantis won Disney nothing as far as uh, a first-inning score. Well, it, it does. Uh, but let's face it, the stockholders are the big losers right now. Uh, yes, that's absolutely true. As we get into earnings season, you mentioned we've got a boatload of them coming out tonight. Uh, the meat of the season is really just starting this week, so we're going to be hearing a lot of different reports. Only one out this morning of great value, but it's a household name, isn't it? It is. Coca-Cola reported this morning, and, uh, and they had a good quarter. They beat on both uh, bottom, top and bottom line. Um, they beat uh, 64 cents of shares where they came in, uh, expected 58 cents. The revenue was expected like uh, $9.8 billion. It came in at $10.5. So some really good numbers there for Coca-Cola. And they're up today almost 2.2%. They're, they're really butting their heads against a 52-week high, Dave. It is uh, their 52-week high right now is $67 a share. And right this second, it is at $66.67 a share. Ooh, I wonder if that's going to be a morale boost for some of the investors that are concerned about whether or not uh, our backing out and boycotting and uh, pulling our interests out of Russia would have a deleterious effect on some blue chips because Coke sells a whole lot of stuff over there. Oh, well, they sell a whole lot of stuff everywhere, right? So oh, it's uh, I didn't see any projections or any mention of uh, those things uh, taking effect on them, but I'm sure they are to, to some oh, yeah. degree. I guess, I guess the part that hits me is I'm wondering whether it's going to be a hopeful sign that a business is going to be able to still grow and still make its expectations, even without a presence in the Russian market. Like you said, they sell everywhere, but still, Russia's not exactly a tiny little blip market either. No, definitely not. Definitely not. Hey, the other one I have, you know, we talked about this is not earnings, but this is, you know, breaking news, as you will. Um, you know, we talked last week about Elon Musk and his offer for uh, Twitter. And uh, and how the board just kind of rejected everything off the bat. However, I was they, wondering what was going on because their stock's going absolutely crazy in pre-market trading. They've got like 50 times the volume, the second largest stock movement as. Yeah, they, they kind of uh, rethought that position. 
um, the board did, uh, thinking that, um, you know, again, kind of like the whole Disney thing, right? The board is has a fiduciary responsibility to its shareholders to do what's in the shareholders' best interest, not the company's best interest. And here's a case where I think finally the board got together and said, well, guys, maybe, uh, you know, we need to take this offer uh, from Elon Musk as much as we hate to, uh, because it's the best thing for the shareholder. So we do see right now that there is some back and forth between the two of them. Uh, it looks like they are coming to some agreement. Uh, Mr. Musk does have $46.5 billion in financing put together uh, in order to take that company private. Um, that's helping Twitter this morning, up uh, four and three quarters percent before uh, the market opens up. Yeah, they're within about $3 what Musk's offer for the for the per share price is, and that's uh, quite an increase over what it was last week. It is. It is, and it's up, you know, on Friday. It was already up almost 4% on Friday, so two days now we're up uh, over 8%. This is going to be fun to watch this week, without a doubt. Resetting the table, it was a really, really off day on Friday, 25 2.8%, 2.7% drops all in one day. Almost felt like Armageddon for a little while there. 45 minutes before we opened this morning, Philip, what are we looking at? Dave, we're not off to too much of a better start today. Um, a slight improvement since you and I got on the radio, but we've got the Dow right now down $147. That's about a little over four-tenths of a percent. The S&P 500 is in the same boat. It's getting close to down a half a percent. That's $20. And the NASDAQ 100 is down a little over four-tenths as well, down about $59. So everything is heading south this morning. Um, even when we go to the commodity side of things, everything's down. Uh, uh, silver, down another 3%. Now, Dave, I didn't have time to run the numbers, but in my head, that's three today. That was two on Friday. Uh, we got to be down 5 to 8% right now in silver uh, over the last several days. We've got gold down 2%, down below $1,900 an ounce right now at $1,894. Not sure what's causing all that. Crude oil down 4.5%, well below 100 down at $97.47 a barrel right now, Dave. Only one of those numbers we're happy to see for obvious reasons. Overseas markets, not a lot better than any place else. Asian Rim just tanked off of the news that China was closing up more cities. The mainland Chinese market was down over 5% at the close this morning. Hong Kong down by 35 and Japan followed at 2%. Europe's completely unimpressed with our progress so far this morning. They're all negative midway through their day as well. This is one of those times where a person looking at their retirement funds, if you're too heavily into equities, you're looking at them and saying, OMG, time to find out how to stabilize things. How do I find you to get that task accomplished? Dave, you know, that's the one thing that people can control in their portfolios, how much risk they have. That's why we developed the core retirement design to help people design the retirement they always dreamed of and to make sure that the risk they have is the correct amount of risk for their current situation. Give us a call at 863-382-0037. Also, you can catch our, our Statler Financial Radio Show 6 a.m. and noon on Saturday, 10 a.m. Sunday morning on Highlands News Talk 730 and 95.3 FM. And hopefully tomorrow morning, back here on Light FM with a little bit shinier and smilier news than we had this morning. Fair enough? Fair enough, buddy. You have a great day. We'll 
see you then. It's 105.7 Light FM and Statler Financial Services. Philip Statler. Folks, again, I want to thank you for joining us today. As we head into Monday, it's not looking really good. We'll continue to update you as we look at the results of today and uh, how tomorrow starts out. I hope you'll join us again tomorrow for uh, Philip and Dave talking on the radio, 863-382-0037. Until tomorrow, have a great day. Bye now.